Hi guys, hope you're all well. Hope you're all having a good week. This is Finding Yourself, the podcast series dedicated to movie, TV, sports and gaming. I'm your host Kyle Duffy and in today's episode I'm going to be diving into true crime again. In last week's episode, I think it was the Friday episode, I dedicated my first full episode solely to true crime. I'm calling it Finding Yourself in the Dark. It's kind of like a mini-series I have on my podcast. In that first episode last week I explained that I really wanted to dedicate whole episodes to true crime because it is a meaty subject and also I watched so many documentaries in the past and I'm still fascinated with true crime documentaries at the moment you know me and my girlfriend we watch a true crime documentary nearly every other week it's the only kind of documentaries we love so I decided I wanted to dedicate full episodes to it instead of just skimming over it in an episode in my first episode of finding yourself in the dark I discussed Night Stalker a documentary series on infamous serial killer Richard Ramirez as well as a really entertaining TV series called Mindhunter which focuses on the true life story of the FBI and how they came to revolutionize profiling to catch serial killers. In today's episode I want to discuss three different documentary series that I've watched maybe in the past, I don't know, maybe in the, over the past year, over lockdown definitely. OJ Made in America, available up on Disney+, Plus. Don't Fuck With Cats and Sons of Sam, which are both available on Netflix. In today's episode I really wanted to bring on my girlfriend because she loves true crime too and I talked last week about wanting to get her on for an episode. I was kind of trying to entice her to come on for this episode before I started but I think she's a bit afraid of how she's going to sound. I think a lot of people when they start recording themselves for podcasts or for radio or even like for voice messages and stuff they kind of don't like the sound of their voice. I think it's a psychological thing for most people because if I recorded my voice and someone listened to it they'd be like oh you sound great but I'm in my head about it and I think we all sound weird to ourselves like if I were to, like when I first started this podcast I had to record my voice and listen back to it to edit it and I hated the sound of my own voice but now I'm used to it so hopefully she gets over that fear and she comes on for an episode she's really obsessed with Halloween movies she loves Hocus Pocus and The Witches Halloween is coming up this month so hopefully I can get her on for a Halloween episode to talk about her favourite Halloween movies like I said truly loves the witches and hocus pocus and we really enjoy the halloween episodes of the simpsons as well so hopefully like i said i can get her on for an episode of that because i do have one or two episodes for halloween planned i hope you're all looking forward to halloween i'm really looking forward to it i don't really enjoy watching the new style of horror movies i go for the old style slashers because the story is there there's a good story to the most times and they're classics you know and mostly because i'm a pussy with these new style of horror movies where there's jump scares every two fucking minutes like a bird will fly out of a fucking cupboard give me a movie where the jump scares mean something and that's why i'm really looking forward to the episodes for halloween because i want to do a contrast and compare and compare the old style slashers to the new style of horror movies that's why i really want to get leanne on for an episode because like i said she's a big fan of horror movies she won't watch them all the time now but she's able for them so i really want to get her opinion on that too so hopefully she comes on for an episode other than getting ready for halloween and preparing for that i've just been keeping on with the podcast keeping on with my day-to-day making sure that i stay on track and stay productive doing grown-up shit you know i fucking hate being a grown-up sometimes some of the things that you miss about being a child you know adulting is fucking hard sometimes other than that, I'm just been keeping on. Hope all your weeks have been productive and good. Hope you're feeling good. To be honest, the weather right now while I'm recording this is absolutely horrible. 
I don't know how anyone can do anything in the rain. We had to go into town today to get a few things for the shopping. And I think everyone can sympathise with this. There's nothing worse than doing the weekly shop when it's pissing rain outside. But yeah, we got it done in the end, thank fuck. That just stresses me out. Because I don't mind going shopping. Don't mind that at all. But when it's raining, there's everyone in fucking town. Everyone's in at the same time. Traffic is horrible. There's no place to park. And if you do end up finding a parking space, it's so far away from the shop. And... You end up having to lug the shopping back in the pissing rain. But we ended up getting it done and dusted, thank God, and now it's done for the week. This week I have to prepare a review for CRC for next week. Like I said in my previous episodes, I do a weekly show with CRC FM reviewing movies and TV. I had to pre-record my segment on Monday this week instead of Wednesday because I was planning on going away to at loan with my girlfriend. But that fell through, but we rescheduled it for the next two weeks so we didn't have to cancel it all together thank god because i think it'd be nice for us to get away for a few nights just to de-stress i have to plan what i want to talk about next week and send it into crc before i go in again to pre-record it i might go to the cinema with leanne and get a few ideas of what i want to review and take today and tomorrow to decide what i want to talk about but sure i'll cross that bridge when i come to it okay into the true crime talk first off i want to talk about sons of sam it's a netflix documentary series currently has a 7 out of 10 on imdb and a 53 percent on rotten tomatoes it was released in 2021 and it's a three-part documentary series in it we follow maury terry who was a journalist during the time of son of sam those slings and he follows a theory has on son of sam david berkowitz not acting individually and alone but as a part of a satanic cult whose reach stretches across the united states in this documentary series we really just follow this journalist maury terry go down a rabbit hole for years trying to figure out and trying to uncover that david berkowitz did not act alone and we really just look at a man driven mad by the actions of a prolific serial killer. Maury Terry really stakes his reputation and puts it on the line trying to prove that David Berkowitz didn't have the influence, not the influence, but the intelligence to act alone and the wherewithal to pull off these killings alone. And the documentary spans over a couple of years, like maybe 10, 15 years. You know, it starts out when Son of Sam killings are happening, we have the arrest, and then we have Maury Terry come into the picture because he's not a cop, he's a journalist, and he kind of stakes his claim in it. He puts in theories, he kind of works with police, but for the most part, none of his theories are taken seriously because, again, he's not a cop, he's a journalist, and everyone was happy to say Son of Sam did it, you know, David Berkowitz, he's our guy lock him up, put him in prison. But Maury Terry links him to this cult, puts him in certain places at certain times. And as well as that, he uncovers what kind of activities the cult were participating in. You know, animal sacrifice, ritualistic, abnormal behavior that the cult were exhibiting. And it was just abnormal behavior for the times they were living in. Maury Terry was able to identify that David Berkowitz was a member of this cult, had gone to cult meetings. He talked about it to his friends, who had then reported it to the police when he was arrested. But Maury Terry had the idea and the theory that David Berkowitz may have killed one or two people in the Son of Sam slayings, but he also thought that it was the cult who was heading the operation, who put David Berkowitz up to it. 
and not only did David Berkowitz kill someone but he might have been a lookout for the other killings as well because Maury Terry was looking at the murders and seeing that it was spread out across New York and he just kind of resigned himself to the idea that David Berkowitz couldn't have done all these murders in this short of a space he had to have had help and this was his theory Maury thought that the cult were going around killing people and using the same kind of gun to make the cops think it was one person. That's why when the media was covering this and the police were after Son of Sam that he was also dubbed the 44 caliber killer because all the victims were shot with a 44 caliber gun. I think the reason most people didn't believe Maury Terry's theory and it was too unbelievable for anyone to believe was because when David Berkowitz was arrested for the killings he confessed to them all and he took responsibility for them all. Most times the cops don't want to waste time when they already have a confession from someone they just run with that and I think this was one of the biggest tragedies in New York at the time and in recent history as well it's a big thing in New York's history and for the cops not to be able to arrest someone and say we got the guy it would look horrible on the NYPD so of course they weren't going to listen to Maury Terry being like oh you got the wrong guy they're not going to turn around and say oh we're releasing David Berkowitz because some journalist has an idea. They're not going to do that. Especially, like I said, when you have David Berkowitz there confessing to the killings and pleading guilty to the eight counts of shootings. They're not going to listen to Maury Terry at all. And when you think about the stress that the NYPD were under to close this case and finally release to the public that we have the man responsible. We have the person responsible. You know, they must have been under tremendous pressure. This documentary at times does focus on the fact that the NYPD were under real pressure to catch this killer. New Yorkers were feeling unsafe. They were writing into the NYPD every day, you know, have you caught him? Have you caught him? You know, trying to report sightings, trying to help out because at one stage the NYPD were totally clueless. But again, back then they didn't have the technology we have today. Serial killers were still a new phenomenon and most times when the NYPD or cops in general had to arrest someone, they looked at the reasons for the person doing this. What motive did they have? So with Son of Sam, they didn't have a lot to go off. So no wonder they were kind of pulling their hair out trying to think of why they can't catch this killer why is this guy doing this you know it also reminds me of another documentary i watched a while back called the ripper which focuses on the crimes of the yorkshire ripper who obviously was inspired by jack the ripper how many times did i say ripper there you count but yeah he was a serial killer who killed women and the cops at the time the yorkshire police were at a loss they had no idea how to catch him no idea who it could be and there was a couple of years there where they had to actually ask for the public's help to try and find the killer so i think in a lot of these documentaries they do put a big emphasis on the critical analysis the police go through when the killer is at large i found the concept for this documentary very intriguing because there is something that goes into a person's obsession with serial killers and true crime in this documentary we see Maury Terry lose his livelihood, his marriage, his mind at some times and his reputation 
over the fact that he's obsessing about David Berkowitz and his crimes. So it does explore a person's obsession into true crime and the consequences that comes with that. There were times during this documentary where I thought, you know, why is he still doing this? It's been 10 plus years. David Berkowitz is in jail and he has said nothing contrary to his confession as of yet. And Maury Terry just seemed to be keep on plugging away and thought, okay, if I just find this out if i figure this out if i crack the case i can move on my life that never happened but there was breaks or not breaks in the case but what would you call it you know things that made maury terry hold out hope one of those things was david berkowitz finding god and religion and when doing that he decided to come on tv and confess that i didn't commit all the crimes and said for definite that there was people involved I was not the only guy involved, I was a lapdog for a bigger organization. But once Maury Terry got into the inve investigation and actually got to interview David Berkowitz, he became so obsessed with David Berkowitz telling him directly, this cult was involved, this person was involved. He wanted to hear certain words come out of David Berkowitz's mouth and kind of steered the interview in that way and kind of led David Berkowitz down a roadmap of where where he wanted to go. Maury Terry influenced that interview in a way that wasn't ethical and that was covered in the documentary as well. And you could see his obsession come out in that interview. He led David Berkowitz down every corner he wanted to turn. So instead of letting David Berkowitz tell a story, he was like, well, what about this? Tell me about this. Because he had his own mind map of what he wanted to know. He had his own theories and all he wanted was David Berkowitz to confirm these theories. He didn't care about anything else. So you could see the obsession really take over in that interview, like I said. But even though he was obsessed about this, there was other people he came across in his investigation that were obsessed about finding it out too. Mainly, most of them were family members of the fallen victims who were still mourning and still wanted justice and weren't happy with David Berkowitz being in prison for it. They wanted more, they wanted to know that it was a bigger thing. So some of these people actually joined Maury Terry in the investigation to uncover that this cult was involved. I did enjoy this documentary, but I felt episode two and episode three lost me. You know, episode two, the end of it, it just kind of focuses in on the dead ends and the leads that Maury Terry was investigating that got him nowhere and at some stage they stopped discussing real facts of the case that were actually proven and focus on like i said the rabbit hole that maury terry eventually went down trying to prove that his theory was correct so when i was watching episode two and three i was thinking oh this is a far reach like okay just get back to the facts but it never did because again like i said the cops and the nypd were more than happy to let berkowitz rot in jail and berkowitz was in jail been arrested the case was closed Maury Terry kept on plugging away and trying to get the NYPD to reopen it and reinvestigate his theories but it never happened. Episode 3 really shows the consequences of Maury Terry's obsession with this murder and with this serial killer. You know the people interviewed in the documentary talk about the last time they saw Maury Terry alive and they mentioned that he had just been run down by his obsession. He had put on a ton of weight, he was drinking every night and he just looked run down and he died an obsessed man and like I said this documentary really does point out the dangers of obsessing over stuff like this for too long and not learning when to let go 
and give yourself closure for it overall i did enjoy it like i said episode two and episode three kind of run off on a tangent but again i think this is more about maury terry and his obsession with serial killer son of sam than it is about son of sam so just know that going in but if you do have a interest in serial killer folklore and the details of the son of sam killings this does go into that in depth so i would recommend it if you're looking for a new mini documentary series to watch on true crime give it a go it's up on netflix the next thing i want to talk about today is don't fuck with cats which was released in 2019 again up on netflix it's a limited series currently has 8 out of 10 on imdb and 67 percent on rotten tomatoes Similar to Sons of Sam, it's a mini-series that has three episodes, all around 60 minutes long. And in this true crime series, we follow a Facebook group full of true crime fanatics who come across a video of animal cruelty. They uncover this video that's been circulating over Facebook of a person killing and drowning and just doing awful, terrible stuff to animals, mostly cats and dogs. I think it's cats to begin with as well. So they follow these videos, try and get them taken down, but they go down a rabbit hole of the person who posted the video and try and find out who the person is and serve some internet justice. But in doing so, they uncover a terrible murder plot. I really enjoyed this documentary. I thought it was very well done. Three episodes was the perfect length for it, I thought, because they got through a good bit of stuff, but they didn't drag on with anything. Nothing was played out or nothing was, nothing dragged on for too long is what I'm trying to say. It's a great documentary in my opinion. The documentary focuses on Luca Magnata. It kind of gives you background into his life. At some stage during the documentary, he goes on the run. And it's in the stage of the doc that they decide to give you a bit of background of his life. He grew up in a single parent household. He was a good looking lad. He wanted to become a model or a TV personality or both. He put in auditions to certain places and certain companies to try and get brand deals and make it but he was having no luck and he just came across in the documentary like a guy who wanted lofty ambitions for his life and never got them and maybe he became bitter and I think they pushed that as a reason for him doing what he did but once they actually caught him you know he came across as very tame very timid and this is what was weird about it you know he went on the run for ages when he was a convicted killer like the people were after him the the police were after him you know they were hunting him so he knew he was under suspicion and he was kind of avoiding them he traveled europe and it was only when he was arrested that he was like it was kind of put up or shut up and he shut up so he did so he came across as a very timid man and a very scared man as well so there was talk and in the documentary at that time was he capable of doing what he did and if he did do what he did how did he go about it you know so the documentary does go into those nooks and crannies and really explores certain things about Luca Magnana's life and his motives behind what he did. And I was watching this documentary, it reminded me that looks aren't everything and not looks aren't everything, but like not to judge a book by his cover because when you see Luca Magnana you think, how the fuck could he pull off a murder? He didn't have that look about him, but I suppose serial killers can look like whatever these days. You know, there is no look to a serial killer. I suppose they were saying the same thing about Ted Bundy when he was arrested. You know, how could he kill anyone? He's so handsome, he's so charming. I suppose that's why serial killers get away with it for so long, because they're so unassuming looking. Again, got a great example, Ted Bundy. 
to his whole community probably looked like your average businessman. He was charming to women. He was able to hold himself in conversation. He didn't scream serial killer or creep. And that's why, again, serial killers get away with it because they look like everyone else. They act like everyone else. And I suppose that's why Luca Magnana got away for so long as well because he was unassuming. There's not much else I want to dive into with this documentary series. Don't Fuck With Cats is a good watch. I would recommend it if you're in between shows and you're looking for a new true crime series. Like I said, it's a three-part series, short documentary series. It's up on Netflix. So give it a go if you have a night where you're wanting to watch something new. I would say if you are squeamish about animal cruelty and that stuff does trigger you, maybe just think about that before you watch it. I don't know how much of the video they show of the animal cruelty in the documentary series. I It's been so long since I watched the documentary. But just know that there might be a few scenes of the video that Luca Magnata put up. That initial video of animal cruelty. Just in case you are triggered by that kind of stuff. Because it is it is rotten, you know. But yeah, definitely give this documentary a watch on Netflix. Hope you enjoyed it. The final documentary I want to talk about is OJ Made in America. Which is available up on Disney+. Plus. I'm just going to get into the ratings here. It has an 8.9 out of 10 on IMDb. It has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is excellent. It was released in 2016. It's a five-part documentary series, the five episodes. All the episodes are over 100 minutes long, or over 90 minutes long. I think between the average duration of each episode is between 95 to 100 minutes. It goes through the life and the career of O.J. Simpson, becoming a movie star, becoming a star athlete. It covers everything in his life, including the murder of Nicole Brown. And to be honest, this documentary fucked me sideways. I watched it with Leanne and we were just blown away. Like, especially because in the trial, they covered the trial because this was one of the big profile trials that was actually televised. So people got to see live whether he was convicted or not. And in the trial they show some of the photographs of the body and jesus fucking christ it rocked me sideways because i was like how the fuck could someone do that to someone and to be honest oj simpson just came across as a cold character in this you know it covers his toxic and abusive relationship with his ex-wife nicole brown how she was abused by him he was a terrible drinker and he was an abusive partner but on the outside he was the man you know in the public eye he was the guy he transcended race as well you know there was one interview he did where he was like i'm not black i'm oj the documentary did cover his whole identity in terms of race because in the documentary he was accepted by a lot of white people because of his athletic ability he was able to toe the line there and in the documentary he comes across as a person who was willing to sacrifice his racial identity for fame and for overall acceptance and success like i said in one of the interviews he said i'm not black i'm oj and he stuck by that he he had chances to align himself with other black athletes and stand up for black issues and black rights and didn't do so because he thought that's not my problem i'm just an athlete i don't have to get involved with that whereas other black athletes took the opportunity to stand up for themselves as black athletes and black people but oj didn't take that stance and i think that was very telling as well and he got a lot of backlash for that and they cover it in the documentary as well overall this documentary just 
rocked my shit like i said it was just so good and anyone who didn't follow the oj trial or didn't know that much about it you know it was a bit before their time but you know of it watch this documentary because it goes in depth with everything and i found out stuff that i didn't know before about oj about his relationship with nicole brown about his career about everything you know so it's very eye-opening as a viewer to watch this again out of the three documentaries i talked about in this episode this one was the best in my opinion again like i said it has 100 percent on rotten tomatoes it totally deserves it five episodes they're all over 95 minutes long i think the shortest episode is 95 minutes the longest is 100 when it gets to the trial those episodes are so intense those trial scenes were the most intense for me because you got to see the prosecution and the defense going at it got to see oj and his reactions to everything the way he conducted himself in court and also it was a very high profile case at the time and it was one of the only or one of the only high profile cases at the time that was going to be televised so people actually got to watch in every day and i think it took the nation by storm when it was in the media as well but yeah i would definitely recommend watching this documentary it is hard to watch at times especially the trial scenes like i said some pictures are shown of the bodies at the crime scene and it is disheartening to see what shocked me was how he acted after he got off how he carried himself in the public in the public eye as well and as well as that he had to kind of go along with the fact that he didn't do it he claims that he never did it like i'm innocent and he still claims it to this day but again like i mentioned the trial scenes there's so much overwhelming evidence for him to have done it the only person that was causing a problem in nicole brown's life was her ex-husband they had such a toxic relationship and he was such an abusive partner there was no way that anyone could look past him for it but i'd like to hear your opinion on it if you have watched this documentary or any of these documentaries before let me know your opinion you can always leave me a comment and a message on anchor fm i'd like to know what you think especially about this oj documentary because i was fascinated with it when i was watching it and it was just such a hard hit and intense documentary so i'd love to know your opinion on it I think that's where I'm going to end today's episode. I'm really enjoying talking true crime with you. I think I'm going to be doing way more of these in the future. Let me know if you enjoy this kind of content. And again, you can always check out my podcast, Finding Yourself, up on Anchor FM and Spotify. And as well as that, I have a YouTube channel called The Finding Yourself Podcast, where I post up content from my podcast up there and updates, stuff like that. Again, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. This has been Finding Yourself with Kyle Duffy. Thanks for listening.